Welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast with your hosts, Alex Harris. And with them, as always, are Tim Garner and Matt Paul. So fucking weird, man. How bizarre. How, How bizarre. bizarre. What, who did that song and what are they doing nowadays? Yeah, unfortunately, they're dead. Are they dead? Yes. <laughs> How bizarre. Oh. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, hello and welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast. I'm Alex Harris. I'm an independent writer slash director. You may know me from my movie about the long-running Catholic-Protestant feud that erupted into violence in 1862, except they're vampires, Fangs of New York. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tim Gardner, man, suit actor, mime, contortionist, green suit guy. You may know me from my role as the Beethoven record that makes Christian Bale cry in the movie Equilibrium. Oh, tour de force, Tim, tour de force. Thank you, thank you. Hi, I'm Matt Paul, and I'm totally not a script doctor. So you definitely don't know me from insisting that Dwight Yoakam survives a sledgehammer to the face in the movie Panic Room. Totally never bothered me at all. What are you talking about? Great. I, I totally support it. Uh, anyway, once again, in an affront to my hopes of this podcast becoming so popular, it finally breaks into the elusive 18 to 28-year-old Navi on the moon Pandora market. We have some corrections from the previous episode. Um, first, I just want to say, I am sure that Ethan Hawke is not such a weird method actor that he'd actually murder children. <laughs> it's not like he's Jared Leto. Uh, oh, perish the thought. <laughs> also, uh, Matt mentioned this pho- I don't know if you n- know more about this now, Matt, but in the previous episode, Matt, you mentioned this phobia uh, of someone you know, someone you know has where like limos and stuff that's like almost something but a little different um, messes them up. I I googled so hard to find what this phobia was, and I could <laughs> not find it. I found megalophobia, which is a fear of large objects, which sometimes limos can set people off dysmorphophobia which is fear of deformity of defigurement or entomophobia fear of insects which a lot of people who are afraid of multiple limbs have that um but i couldn't find what you mentioned uh even though it sounds familiar to me i feel like i've heard of it before. i mean i feel like i have all three of those so <laughs> that's fair also i i said like a lot in that last episode again i i know i say it all the time Sorry about that. But it's one of your patented trademarks, Alex. <laughs> it's fine. I, I I don't know I'm doing it when I'm doing it. So, uh, you know, sorry about that. It's quite all right. Don't mind me, Cousin Alex. Just coming back here to eat my shizzling chilies fajitas. Uh, that, that's fine, Tam. Uh, do what you got to do. Just just try to keep it down since we're in the middle of recording. Um, yes, dear listener, uh, my, my cousin... Colonel Tam Porker is in town for Thanksgiving, and he asked me if he could hang out in the studio today and possibly steal discarded Chili's food from the garbage. So you may hear some extra background noise in the episode. Uh, Tim, Matt, you, you remember my cousin Tam, right? Not at all. Uh, yeah, sure. Like, how are you guys related again, Tam? That's Colonel Tam, or Colonel, or Colonel Porker, or even just the Colonel for short. 
And Alex is my cousin, obviously. Uh, yeah, he showed up recently and told me he's my cousin from Kentucky or something. Kentucky? And I see no reason to question a complete stranger on something so inconsequential, so I just let him stay with me and wrote him into my will as he asked. Uh, enjoy your fajitas, Tim. Uh, hopefully you'll find that next big thing you're so desperate to find. Anyway, uh, that's it for corrections. Let's move on to some news. Oh, shit. Sorry, uh, because of the holiday and everything, I didn't get to look up any news, so I'm going to have to rely on this book I got from some super familiar looking guy in a smoky DeLorean who somehow knew all my secrets, Gray's Movie Almanac, which covers everything about movies from 1990 to 2040, 18 years into the future. So prepare to be amazed and titillated by the news of tomorrow. Oh my God. Okay, so the 2022 horror movie Smile that features people with disturbing grins eventually becomes a huge franchise. All right, that sounds that sounds good. But oddly, some men still claim the female cast members should smile more. Ugh. God, you think we evolve, but we never do, do we? I guess not. Oh, well, check this one out. Uh, Neil Blomkamp's Gran Turismo movie is released to mixed reactions. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's Neil, after all. But it sees new life when it becomes a big hit with self-driving cars. Oh, God, no. That's not good. No. The Bioshock movie finally comes out and is just as good as everyone hoped. Sick, man. Nah, I'm just kidding. It's still in development as of 2040. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) Cold shit, Matt. As we already know, Dave Chappelle and Jim Brewer do not return for Half-Baked 2. Okay, yeah, we know that. But they do come back for the controversial third movie, The Rise of High Walker. Jesus. Boy. Somehow, Scarface came back. (laughs) All right, so check check this one out. Black Panther Wakanda Forever becomes one of the biggest hits of 2022, right? We know this. But, unfortunately, people are generally displeased with the follow-up. Black Panther, Wakanda, and Robin. (laughs) James Gunn and Peter Safran completely turn around the DCEU and even manage to outshine Marvel Studios for a period of time. Nice. That is until WB Discovery President David Zaslav has them killed for a tax write-off. Classic Zaslav! I guess we should have seen that coming. The John Wick series continues to impress with Chapter 4. Nice, I saw the trailer, it looks great. But the franchise stalls out with their attempt to create a shared universe, Johnny Nemonwick. I'm kind of on board for that. (laughs) I mean, I find it hard to believe they could fuck that up. Yeah, it's weird. I guess they, it was too unbelievable for a guy to have two laser thumbs in that. So. <laughs> I guess. I, the, he still could only hold, like, a gig of information <laughs> or whatever it was. It's one uncom- uncompressed PNG file. That's it. <laughs> Dave Bautista manages to land the lead role in the Gears of War movie. Good for him. Unfortunately, though, it's actually a movie about Richard Gere's ancestors fighting in various battles throughout history. Oh, man, I I can't believe they finally adapt that book. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Guillermo del Toro finally gets to make At the Mountains of Madness. Yes. But unfortunately, we never get to see it because humanity is wiped out by Cthulhu before it's released. I mean, we had it coming. We do. We kind of have... (laughs) We deserve it. Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans comes out and is beloved by movie fans for decades to come. Unfortunately, overshadowing Alex Harris's grammatically correct version, The Fablemen. Wow. 
I mean, it's good to know you give it a shot, Al. Yeah, I mean, the fact that I'm even in this book is incredible. Yeah, I mean, damn, dude. And yes, that title bugs the shit out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Take it, use it, harness it. (laughs) Okay, it says here that Ryan Johnson continues to make several entries in the Knives Out universe. More interestingly, however, people eventually figure out that all the titles are an anagram for You Should Have Just Let Me Make Episode 9. <laughs> Too true. I mean, the Thunderbolts movie comes out and is a big hit, but people are generally thrown off by the reveal that this version of Taskmaster is actually two small children in a trench coat. <laughs> they had to throw us off again. Ugh. What a twist. <laughs> Scream 6 comes out and is a big hit, despite the shocking reveal that the killer is actually two small children in a trench coat. Jesus, that must be going around. Interesting theme. James Cameron makes all five of his planned Avatar movies. Okay, I mean, that was kind of inevitable. I get it. Yeah. However, more alarmingly, he then invents time travel so he can go back and ruin all of his better movies. No! Not good. This is a grim future. As we already know, Arnold Schwarzenegger has confirmed that he tricked Sylvester Stallone into starring in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. However, Stallone eventually gets his revenge by tricking Arnold into playing Estelle Getty's role in the remake. Finally, some good news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was say, but is it a remake of maybe The Golden Girls? <laughs> I'd watch it. The Golden Girls. <laughs> Oh, Blanche. <laughs> My son needs a cop. Um, <laughs> several talented and successful actors provide the voice for Batman in animated movies and shows in the coming years. But unfortunately, people still say that none of them are as good as Kevin Conroy. That's that true. Right. Uh, it's very true. All right. That's it for the news of tomorrow. <laughs> Let's move on to new releases. New in theaters is Bones and All. Marin, a young woman, learns how to survive on the margins of society. The horror drama is directed by Luca Guadagnino. It stars Timothy Chalamet, Chloe Sevigny. Is Savini. it Savigny or Se- Savini? Is it Savini? Is it Savini like like Tom? I've always said Chloe Sevigny. Chloe Sevigny, Michael Stahlberg, Mark Rylance, Taylor Russell, and Andre Holland. Um, that completely skips over the fact that it's about like cannibals. Or... Well, hey, that's the that's the <laughs> twist there, man. I guess it give, they give it away in the trailer. They well, yeah, sure, but apparently in the copy they decided to really play it close to their chest. Interesting. Don't want to freak out the soccer moms from seeing some I good guess. goods. Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. New in theaters is the menu. A young couple travels to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. The horror dark comedy is directed by Mark Mylod. It stars Anna Taylor-Joy, Ray Fiennes, Nicholas Holt, John Leguizamo, Amy Carrero, and Judith Light. I've seen that fucking trailer so many goddamn times. I... The trailer feels so long. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. I've seen it so so often that I thought it came out already. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. New in theaters is The Inspection. A young gay black man, rejected by his mother and with few options for his future, decides to join the Marines, doing whatever it takes to succeed in a system that could cast him aside. The drama is written and directed by Elegance Braddon. It stars Jeremy Pope, Gabrielle Union, 
Bokeem Woodbine, Raul Castillo, McCall Lombardi, and Nicholas Logan. Always good to have some Bokeem Woodbine in anything. Yeah, he's pretty great. I actually saw the trailer for that this um, recently, and it looks good. Yeah. New and wide release is The Fablemans. Okay. <laughs> Growing up in a post-World War II era, Arizona, young Sammy Fableman, which I-, I love that that's like the fake version of the name Steven Spielberg. Love it. Aspires <laughs> to become a filmmaker as he reaches adolescence, but soon discovers a shattering family secret and explores how the power of films can help him see the truth. The drama is written and directed by the American Union equivalent, Steven Spielberg, and co-written by Tony Kushner. It stars Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen, Paul Dano, Julia Butters, Judd Hirsch, Gabrielle LaBelle, and David Lynch. <laughs> David Lynch is in it? He has a cameo in the movie. He's he, he, he's, he has a small cameo in it, and supposedly the only thing he wanted uh, as payment was Cheetos. <laughs> okay. Supposedly. I, I, was, I, I was either that or a Coke and two cookies. So. <laughs> something something weird either way for sure otherwise he's thrilled either way yeah but yeah i i'm fucking pumped to see the fablemans i i i've heard so many good things about it new in theaters is white noise a dramatization of contemporary american families attempt to deal with the mundane conflicts of everyday life while grappling with the universal mysteries of love death and the possibility of happiness in an uncertain world the comedy drama is written and directed by noah bombach and co-written by don DeLeo. It stars Adam Driver, Jody Turner-Smith, Don Cheadle, Greta Gerwig, Alessandro Nivola, and Rafi Cassidy. Now streaming on Apple TV Plus is Spirited, a musical version of Charles Dickens' story of a miserly misanthrope who is taken on a magical journey. The musical comedy is directed by Sean Anders and John Morris. It stars Ryan Reynolds, Will Farrell. Octavia Spencer, Sunita Mani, Patrick Page, and Amy Carrero. Double Amy Carreros this week. <laughs> yeah, she's 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 doing well. Good for her. All right. That's it for new releases, which means it's time for What Did We Watch This Week? Put it in. I'm tired of people thinking I'm some kind of joke. Your dad and I agreed it would be best if you just stop being who you are and doing the things you love. My whole life, all I wanted... I'm afraid we found your son at a polka party. Just to make up new words to a song that already exists. Oh. Well, you should do that then. It came out a few weeks ago on November 4th, but this week we watched Weird, the L. Yankovic story. The film that explores every facet of Yankovic's life, from his meteoric rise to fame with his early hits like Eat It and Like a Surgeon, to his torrid celebrity love affairs and famously depraved lifestyle. The biographical parody film, what? I thought this was completely true, is directed by Eric Apple in his future directorial debut, who co-wrote the screenplay with Weird Al Yankovic himself. It stars Daniel Radcliffe as... The one and only Al Yankovic, along with Evan Rachel Wood, Rain Wilson, Toby Huss, Arturo Castro, Julian Nicholson, and several other fun cameos. Very fun. Yeah. <laughs> as a warning, I'm sure there will be spoilers as we discuss Weird, the Al Yankovic story. So if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to pause this, watch the movie, and come back. It is only on the Roku channel. Otherwise, let's dig right in. So, Matt and Tim, what are your favorite things about Weird, the Al Yankovic story? 
wow, what a goofy movie, but in a good way. <laughs> I know. It's a good goofy. Like, purposely goofy. Purposefully goofy. So I'm an idiot, and um, unlike you guys, <laughs> when I first heard about this movie, I was like, Weird Al dated Madonna? What? <laughs> I had no idea, because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> but of course, there would be like a fake yeah, parody movie about Weird Al, because yeah. that's yeah. what he does for yeah. a living. He just changes the words. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, um, I, I pretty much loved this movie. Yeah. It, uh, I, I feel like, um, it felt like, you know, I feel like, well, first of all, they don't really make these kind of movies anymore. I feel like this felt like, no, like an eighties, you know, like a naked gun, um, airplane kind of movie. Yeah. Where like everything is just like a joke. Um, and even like a fairly (laughs) brothers movie before they started making dramas like didn't they make like like don't they make like dramas now or something i don't know um yeah like green book and stuff oh yeah green book um let's see yeah i i i think my favorite thing about this movie is that madonna is basically the villain of the entire movie (laughs) (laughs) amazing like what does she feel about this movie i i I am dying to know how she feels about this movie I wrote many things down and I just kind of stopped because literally everything. (laughs) And now I'm reading what I wrote and it look and it's very funny. Um, Let's see. um, Devil's squeeze box. So good. I I enjoyed (laughs) that line very much. Um, I loved all the really serious um, emotional like music like the score that like like transitioning like it was just this like after school special slash like (laughs) you know oscar bait you know autobiography like biographical oh no sorry biopic um (laughs) yeah the pool party yes i didn't know fucking pool party like when the movie ended i was like wait i thought conan o'brien was in this and then i'm like looking at the credits and he was andy warhol, warhol. yeah <laughs> yeah it was great i feel like he wasn't yeah, he even was. funny in it but the whole joke is that it's conan o'brien playing andy yeah, exactly. Warhol. exactly um emo phillips of salvador dolly i mean i know i i love that salvador dolly was hanging out like the, 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 the who's 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 emo phillips uh, he's a comedian, no, known for his interesting character voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was in UHF, in, right? He's in UHF. He cut. He cuts his thumb off at the table. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. And yep. We'll call That's me right. Mr. Butterfingers. Your Butterfingers. That's right. Yeah. The cra- the, the assortment of people at that pool party was really. Oh something. my god, it's amazing. I love when um Dave Foley, right? That's Dave Foley. The um door-to-door salesman is that his name uh, no. thomas lennon thomas it's lennon thomas that's lennon. completely wrong from from the, the state from the state reno i like when he gets cut off and he's about to say um <laughs> that that al will be drowning in pussy if he um, learns how to play the <laughs> i miss that oh my god it's yeah. so yeah, it was so funny you'll be drowning in pu- what are you doing to my house <laughs> 
I loved how he was like in extreme. He was like choking on blood, and they're not paying attention to yeah, him at the, all. That yeah, his, his mom comes in, and he's just like dying on the floor, and she's like, "Excuse <laughs> me, I'm having a moment with my son." <laughs> Um, I love Pablo Escobar. LOL. <laughs> I didn't see that coming at all. He was so yeah. funny. <laughs> um, I love that the whole like timeline is all messed up. I love that like it's like the eighties and he's singing Amish Paradise at the Grammys. <laughs> yes. It's an original song. And even before that, I love that he's like talking to his parents at the table and and his mom is like fat for like no reason at all and <laughs> just she's like yeah i've just gained some weight and then he's like wait did you say something wait what did you say about getting fat and all of a sudden he's just singing amish paradise because it like makes no sense yeah because it seems like he's about i know i love how they make you think they're about to go into you're fat i'm fat you know it yeah and then and then it's just amish paradise switch it and do amish oh my god great bait and switch yeah, I mean, I could go on. Stop, stop being who you are. Stop doing the things you love. I mean, what, what great parenting? Oh my god! I really liked his um, his broy roommates who end up becoming his the band and <laughs> just didn't seem relevant. It just didn't seem relevant that they actually can play instruments. <laughs> I loved when he pees on stage and then gets, you know, at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, he just <laughs> slowly starts peeing. <laughs> Urine, yeah, he, he urinates himself like in and his pants. And oh. It's like, what is this a reference to something I'm unaware of? Why is this happening? That happened with someone, right? Didn't <laughs> oh, someone famously pee themselves? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I just don't remember it. Um, and the last thing I'll say is that you know, Harry Potter, man, good job in this. He's a good actor, Daniel Radcliffe. Oh yeah, Harry oh, yeah, Potter, absolutely. But- um, as well as Evan Rachel Wood. She was very good as Madonna. <laughs> she really was. <laughs> yeah. Next. So yeah, uh what a what a quality film. A yeah. fantastic follow up to UHF. Um Yeah, perfect companion. Yeah. Decades in the making. Um apparently it was only shot in a handful of weeks. So it was like fifteen, sixteen days worth of shooting. So they really cranked oh, wow. us movie out um so yeah and that being said it's just great i mean like daniel radcliffe killing it do like daniel radcliffe did the smartest thing he could do in his career which was like embrace oddball movies and that's what he's doing and it's smart um it's like what robert pattinson's doing been doing with his like embrace against type films for you and it's the smartest thing that those two guys have ever done um Especially, you know, also Daniel Radcliffe jacked like hell. Way to go, buddy. Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, Madonna as the primary antagonist of the film. Well done. Uh, <laughs> uh, everyone, it was great casting all around. Um, yeah, the pool party was full of famous people. You had Akiva Schaefer as Alice Cooper. You had Yorma Takione <laughs> as Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Uh and she's there's just too many to name. Yeah, I Kurt, don't know any of those people. They're from the Lonely Island. Um, uh, Andy Samberg's buddies. Um, I I remember seeing uh, Devo there, even though they didn't pay a lot of attention to them. Yeah. Devo's oh yeah, a, that was good. Um, <laughs> I'm 
from John Deacon. Who? The bassist from <laughs> John Queen. John Deacon. I know that was so funny. Yeah, yeah, and that was good. Inspired casting there uh, by getting him cast by Polka Dot Man cast as John yep. Deacon from Queen. Uh, Wolfman Jack, of course. Yeah. Anyway, so speaking of <laughs> casting, Rain Wilson stepping in as Doctor Demento was last minute because uh, Pat yeah. Oswald was meant to reprise his role from the Funnier Die like short, but yeah. I guess he had a broken foot or something and couldn't do it, which is why Pat Oswald is in the club. <laughs> so yeah. he has a little cameo. Uh, yeah. I mean, just what a farcical film. Well done. Al Yankovic, you beautiful man. <laughs> uh, yeah, and just and just a lot of positive male uh, relationships. Nobody's like negging anyone. It's everyone who's his friend, like his roommates. So they're like, yeah, yeah, this is the best thing ever. Like, yeah, like everyone's yeah. just super <laughs> supportive. Surprisingly of each other. positive movie that yeah. includes random murders and so forth. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> of course. What's what? Wait, no. What's uh, what's a little bit of violence amongst friends? right take it away oh man i i'm I'm gonna echo a lot of the shit you guys already said i thought this cast was fantastic what a great cast as you mentioned rain wilson i thought was wonderful like like did everything that role needed to do he was he he seemed fatherly and and funny like the the way he delivered that you know, Al Yankovic is too long. How about weird Al Yankovic? Like, <laughs> fantastic delivery. Um, Daniel Radcliffe was so fucking good. Like, truly, he was truly fantastic in this movie. Like, he he better win like a Golden Globe or something for this movie. Something. It's I don't care how small the award is. He better <laughs> win some form of award for this movie because he was so good. Um, because it's not that he was doing a lot. It was a lot to do to to deliver these lines with such straightforward, straight faced conviction. Like just just a just a fantastic performance. And I kept thinking the entire time, it's a shame that he supposedly doesn't want to be locked down as Wolverine because I really think <laughs> he would be a fantastic Wolverine. I know. And yeah, the people at the party was amazing. I I. I I learned on the previous episode that Conan was in this movie, and so when he showed up as Andy <laughs> Warhol, I lost my shit. Um, that was great. Uh, Thomas Lennon was such a good choice for the accordion salesman. I don't know why, but he's just he's just always a delight, and he just seemed perfect for the part. Um, Jorma and Akiva, so great. The kid from Unbreakable as one of his bandmates. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. You don't shoot friends. Um and uh and yeah, Evan Rachel Wood. Good lord. It look I don't know if I've ever seen her like having fun in something. I know. She she she's a really good actor. I really really like Evan Rachel Wood, but I and feel I like feel she, like she has like serious a pres- stuff. like a prestige that would keep her from doing a movie like this, but Yeah. Here she is. But in. like she did it and she's so good and she's just going for it and it looks like she's having so much fun and that made me very happy because I don't know if I've ever seen her having fun in a movie before or or show because I, you know, Westworld. Um, but yeah, all, the cast was fantastic. Uh, the parodies and the way they handled them I thought was really great. <laughs> Amazing Grapes. 
Like him yeah. singing Amazing Grapes just killed me. Like his young version. And then his dad saying, you're changing the words. It's confusing and words. evil. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking killed me. And then the fucking my bologna scene is incredible what a (laughs) incredibly well done scene the way it's written the cast the way they perfectly capture that 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 music biopic trope of someone just getting song inspiration and everyone being blown away just (laughs) uh, they do it about the dumbest fucking thing on the planet he's making sandwiches for his bros and he's talking about needing inspiration and just looks down and says my bologna like like oh and then them recording it in the bathroom like oh my god like just incredible scene that is real. That is real. But yeah. I think he recorded it by himself. He didn't have bandmates at the time. Right, 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 but, right. But yeah, like, in I don't care what anyone says. I don't know what your opinions are of parodies. That that scene was incredible. Like, that that scene, in my opinion, in terms of effectiveness and, and everything involved in it goes up there with some of the best movies I've ever seen. Pitch perfect scene. Um, I loved all the little small jokes in the movie. Like, I, I mean, I don't know if this is based on real life. I don't know what his parents look like, but I like that he seemingly got his hair from his mom. <laughs> um, I love that his dad lost his hand at the factory and someone got murdered at the factory. I, multiple people got murdered at the factory, but he still wants his son to come work with him. Like, <laughs> he works at this, like, super dangerous the factory. He's like, you gotta come work with me. Um... Al calling his mom when he's super successful and her not caring about his success at all. And his dad still thinking he should come work at the factory. And then when Al actually finally does how he just casually accidentally kills someone. Yep. Pushed a button out of sequence. <laughs> it's like just happens. We never learn what they make at the factory. <laughs> I love that. I The whole time I was I, I was watching this with Susie. And the whole time, I'm like, I wonder if they make accordions at the factory, thinking that it was going to be, like, a surprise what they make. No, yeah. they just never tell you. Incredible. <laughs> I know. At the end, them saying Madonna is still at large. <laughs> so <laughs> fucking funny. And though his gravestone saying, ate it, 1985. Oh, my God. So good. Oh, so fucking good. There's a UHF reference in there, too. Oh. Oh, um, really? With the flyers. It was an advertisement for Cooney's uh, martial arts school. Oh, that's right. That's right. I That's yeah. right. I read that. I forgot about that. Um, I also did not expect the whole Pablo Escobar thing. <laughs> like that, that completely took me by surprise for it to turn, which was, again, very UHF. But it, yes. it, that whole thing shocked me. And Madonna wanting to take over the drug cartel. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Um, and on the non funny side, his speech at the end about being yourself was actually really good. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's but, like, I that's... like that they squeeze this really nice message into this insane movie. I thought that was wonderful. Well, I mean, I think that's important what, what Weird Al stands for. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. And I like that he made, he made it so that this parody this ridiculous sat- satire actually has a point, and I think that's that's wonderful. All right. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions or things you had mixed emotions about, sometimes known as the cronies, in honor of David Grinnellberg? Honorable mention to Hey Boy. 
<laughs> who also kind of gave me cronies. <laughs> I love the callback to it too. Like this is just a hey boy. It's oh just my a god, hey boy. Because <laughs> it almost also hey kind of looked like some kind of like I don't know witchy like spell casting thing you find in the <laughs> woods and you like pick it up and you get like cursed or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No cronies. Just yeah. Honorable mentions to his roommates again. Josh Groban just showing up as just like a random <laughs> waiter, and, waiter and literally does nothing like of importance or substance or funny. Like it's just like Josh Groban <laughs> just being a waiter. He's there to get disrespected by Al. Yeah. So funny. The some guy playing Coolio, like throwing his hands up, like what? <laughs> No, audience. no, no, no. He was plotting. Coolio was plotting. Oh, yeah. He was plotting. He was going to get. Because it was 1985. Get some revenge. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. To steal Amish Paradise. Just like how Michael Jackson stole Eat It. The whole thing with, like, accordion player, how apparently the other person who was up for it was Prince. <laughs> yeah. I know. So funny. So random. <laughs> oh, so well, you know, Prince is a mul- was a multi instrumental uh, <laughs> savant, and he so. he famously rejected all of Weird Al's attempts to parody his songs, which I uh, yeah. so funny. Sorry, which, which again, because Weird Al being the classy class act that he was, wouldn't go through with it, even though he was well within his par- right with parody yeah. to continue on and do them. He was respectful, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, no cronies. Honorable mention to, I mean, Arturo Castro uh, as Pablo Escobar because <laughs> I love Arturo when he shows up and him as Pablo, chef's kiss. Loved it so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I only have honorable mentions. Um, I love that the cool devil's music in their hometown was polka. Mm-hmm. Like like you went to that polka party and there's people with lederhosen and they're like, the cops are here. Like, oh, <laughs> Brilliant. I was laughing so hard with that. I love the LSD scene with a melting face. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Wonderful. So good. The bizarre but hilarious decision to say that Michael Jackson ripped him off. Yes. I know. I was so confused by that. I It was so funny and it, I, I didn't get it at all. And I love it when he finds out about it and he goes, beat it? So it's about eggs? Yeah. <laughs> No, but apparently it's about gang stuff, I guess. Fucking <laughs> kill me. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe putting the SIG out in Will Forte's hand, which was Oof. in the trailers, but oh yeah. my God, so good. Such a such a great, both of them were eclectic in that moment. Like they were perfect. So um, good. The callback to the platinum record necklace is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also important. loved him saying, before before last week, I never really killed anyone. Never <laughs> really. <laughs> Not I've never killed anyone. Never really killed anyone. Never really Amazing. killed anyone. I loved the uh, assassin at the end of the movie, just obviously standing up with a gun in, in a huge crowded room with people all around him. An M60 with full belt ammo. <laughs> I know, that was so funny. Um, I love that it, it goes to real pic- pictures of, of actual Weird Al. And I yeah. think they started with real ones, which they, they often do in biopics. And then they transition to Photoshop ones that uh. confirm all the events in the movie. Oh. Yes. Yes. So funny. 
I, I, I also love during the uh, Amish paradise scene where he leaves the stage and he peels off his the skin of his upper lip and still has a mustache. I know. <laughs> so good. Uh. Um, and I also want to point out that um, at some point, I think they were they offered three billion pesos. Yeah, he was offered three yeah. billion pesos to play for. <laughs> <laughs> for Pablo, Pablo Escobar. Escobar. And they're like, it's a lot of money. I, I did the math. And at in 1985, that was probably about eight or nine million dollars. I don't need you to do the math for me. <laughs> they're like three billion pesos. And I was like, that's got to be a joke because I'm sure the peso was worth considerably less than a dollar at the time. Yeah. So I thought that was I thought that was really funny. Was there anything you didn't like about weird the Al Yankovic story? Was there anything that confused you? I mean, towards the end, I I I kind of felt the it it like wasn't even that long, but for some reason, towards the end, I was like, "All right, I, I'm kind of I might be a little done with this." Um, okay, but that was a very small, small. That's like a very small complaint, and then it was over, and it was great. Yeah, and I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I'll just echo that too. It's three quarters of the of the movie is just like Bing Bang Boom. And then all of a sudden it just it drags out of yeah. nowhere, uh, just because it's like, well, we do have to tell a coherent story. We got to wrap this. Yeah, up. I, think, I, you know, I feel I like a lot yeah. of parody movies just get to that point where it's like, all right, we've been doing this for you know almost an hour and a half. Like, <laughs> all right, we know. Yeah, right. Anything for you, Tim? No, that's that was my thing. Echoing Matt. All right, cool. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think of anything, but now that I'm thinking back, I, I did start to feel the runtime near the end. But that's that's only it, with a lesser movie, we might not have even noticed. But because yeah. this movie was such a fucking banger, um, it it kind of stood out near the end. I mean, I will say stick around for the credits because it just becomes <laughs> yeah. even more self-referential than you could ever possibly think it would get. That's true. That's true. Do you have a favorite death scene? i mean i guess pablo (laughs) getting this the platinum platinum record to the oh yeah yeah that was pretty good uh it's not technically a death but i did appreciate the face melting scene so much oh yeah that was great very raiders (laughs) yeah exactly um yeah i mean i i would say i don't have a i don't know if i have a favorite probably either pablo or um, or the melting face. Actually, you know what? I th- I think my favorite may technically be Weird Al. That single <laughs> shot of him being shot in the end credits. Hmm. I I don't know why, but like I didn't see it coming, and it just made me laugh. Really, <laughs> it really <laughs> made me laugh. Would you give any random aesthetic choices in Weird the Al Yankovic story a breaky award in honor of the Windbreakers, the Neil Blomkamp movie Demonic? I mean, the whole movie is full of great aesthetic choices i mean like so many wigs <laughs> i mean the yeah. the the pool party scene alone um yeah that's a tough one i feel like yeah i don't know just like all of it just like everything i mean all right to harken back to the much talked about pool party i gotta point out just paul f Tompkins as gallagher R.I.P. Oh, Gallagher. Yeah, Gallagher. Yeah. Um, and he even, even uh, crushes a uh, watermelon. A watermelon. Right? Uh, uh. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's what I got to give it to. I got to give it as Paul. F- I mean, everybody in that scene it deserves a breaky, but I'm going to single it out and give it to Paul F. Tompkins. All right. 
Yeah, valid. Um, I have a I have a few potentials. I I I really liked uh, Al's camouflage Hawaiian shirt for when he's <laughs> oh yeah that was good attacking Pablo Escobar. I love that. I really liked his Grammy outfit, the like jungle pattern mm. blazer um, mm-hmm. that he was wearing at the end. I like Madonna's cartel look with like the, I think she had an eye patch and like a scar <laughs> on her yeah. face. Yep. But I, I think my favorite thing is, is Madonna's like last normal look, the like off shoulder outfit with the red fingerless gloves. Um, I just, I just enjoyed that a lot. It was great. And Evan Rachel Wood really pulled it up. Yeah. So would you recommend Weird, the Al Yankovic story? And if so, who would you recommend it to? I would definitely recommend it. I mean, I don't really think it's for everyone, but um, I think stoners will really like this movie. I think, (laughs) you know, people who indulge in, you know, the marijuana. um, (laughs) Yeah. I I think the devil's lettuce. The devil's the lettuce. The devil's lettuce. You can you can play the devil's squeeze box while you have some devil's lettuce. Call it what you will. I think that you know, I don't know if younger people would enjoy this as much as you know older people like us who, you know, grew up listening, knowing this weird owl person. <laughs> right. Because I almost. I mean, I don't want to be blasphemous but i almost feel like weird al has kind of lost his not lost any i mean he's not really in the spotlight so to speak as much yeah i don't know if young people really know who he is i could be wrong but i don't know if they do yeah but yeah the like 40 plus crowd i think (laughs) people who enjoy stupid parody movies will like this yeah yeah you can't go wrong i mean obviously if you're a weird al fan this movie means you'll enjoy this movie a lot more uh as it stands on its own i think it's a nice light entertainment diversion and i would recommend it yeah yeah i'd recommend it too um i would say as long as you like parody movies one thing that i've kind of put together is that uh, shockingly to me not everyone likes parody movies for some reason um, so if you don't, if you can't get down with a naked gun or something like that, or, or, a, a not another teen movie, this might not be for you. Um, but otherwise this was, this was a blast. I, I think it was super fun and I, I would generally recommend it to almost anyone personally. Um, so finally, you know, we we're adding this new, this is a new question that we're going to do going forward. It might change a little bit going forward. We'll see. Um, finally, would you watch weird, the Al Yankovic story again? I absolutely would. Nice here. here yeah. I would totally watch this movie again. Just like I watch UHF regularly. <laughs> yeah. I, I would totally watch this again too. I would, I would be happy to. All right. Uh, before we go, did either of you watch any other movies this week that you'd like to quickly recommend or not recommend? Um, I mean, I saw Don't Worry, Darling. <laughs> Harkening back to earlier in this podcast, all men suck. <laughs> this is true. Down with the patriarchy. Absolutely. There wasn't nearly as much spitting as I wanted there to be. 
um, and it obviously did not live up to the hype and drama that surrounded the movie. No. But while I thought it was overly long and um, tedious, um, I did think it was a cool premise. I had no idea what it was about going into it. So I was like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, this is it. Um, but I did like how it looked. I liked the whole, you know, madmen, patriarchy, a little bit of get out thrown in there. Um, yeah, it was like get out for white women, <laughs> like get out for white women. I know. I mean, do, do any white people need their own version of get out? That's very debatable, but <laughs> right, right. But, um, I thought, um, uh, Florence Plug was was good in it. I thought Chris Pine was good in it. Um, I don't really understand the whole. Um, sorry, Susie. I don't understand the whole um, One Direction guy thing. Yeah, but maybe at some point I will. I don't know. I thought you. I. I. I you know, my, my wife loves Harry Styles, so he's like grown on me quite a bit. But I did think he was miscast. I think. If you look at the movie knowing that it was supposed to be Shia LaBeouf, it becomes very clear that that part was was supposed to be Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. I um his whole accent, I was like, is he British? Is he not British? Is he trying to fake his <laughs> is he trying to do an American accent, but he can't cuz he's British? Oh no, I think he's yeah. supposed to be British. <laughs> I I I I thought it was really funny at the end when you find out what's really happening and he's like a pockmarked like <laughs> in cell in front of his computer with like greasy hair yeah. and like glasses and like it like such a stereotypical <laughs> like <laughs> I I'm, I deserve something you know <laughs> chip on his shoulder dude um I thought that was very funny because it's still Harry Styles you know um yeah I also thought it was funny. I feel like there were all these like like all this hype about like the sex scenes and like there's like oh yeah, oral sex in it and like it's 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 not even at like any like come on guys. I think the the only thing that was stand out about the sex scenes is I felt like you could really tell they were stuck filming those scenes in front of Harry Styles' girlfriend, you know? <laughs> like I feel like you could feel the tension like uh, this is just for the movie, okay? I know. It's cool. Don't worry about Wait, it, Olivia. So... I don't think they're dating anymore, but like... Oh, yeah. Are they not even dating? I don't think so. I think they broke up since. But they were definitely either in cahoots during the movie or were becoming in cahoots during the process of the movie. So that's why Olivia Wilde doesn't like Florence Plug. And... Wait, <laughs> so Olivia Wilde, her marriage with... The amazing Jason, Jason Sudeikis. Like yeah. she, she cheated on him with. Is that what happened? I don't remember what. Ha I don't remember the timeline specifically. Wow. Supposedly, allegedly, it's a lot. You know, it's yeah. a lot of hearsay in these things. We may never know for sure. Yeah, but yeah, it was just. Eh. Yeah, I thought it was pretty eh too. I, I I thought like the production design was great, and I thought uh, most of the cast was very good, and 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 Florence was. 
doing her best as she usually does. I, I enjoyed the little car chase, I guess. I didn't expect that. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I like the, I like the concept and, and Chris Pine was, I thought was so good. And he, he was giving me big time, like nineties, John Travolta energy. And ever since I keep picturing this, like face off remake or whatever with, (laughs) with him in John Travolta's part and, and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in in uh, Nicolas Cage's, and I just, oh, I just, wow. oh my god, I can't stop picturing it, and it just looks, it just seems so amazing. Um, Give it time. I thought Chris Pine was so good in it, and uh, but yeah, like the the twist, like it, so, I it had this like sci fi aspect that I think was asking a lot of the audience very suddenly, yeah. and I don't think they needed it. I think it easily could have been like kind of a village like the village yeah like that's what i thought was gonna happen i thought yeah. they, were, they were gonna find out like oh wow like we're just like isolated and everything's normal out there i i was completely like what this is this is too much to throw at us yeah the like technology like the the like red the like eyes being held open and the red yeah. laser like the- the whole insert of all that technology, like all of a sudden, was pretty jarring. Yeah, I I, I feel like if you're gonna do something like that, you gotta kind of like. I mean, maybe they did, and I missed it, but I feel like you gotta kind of hint to the audience that maybe things aren't real earlier. Where this movie yeah. didn't seem to do that, in my opinion. But whatever. I gotta be honest. The more you guys talk about this movie, the more I'm blown away by what is being revealed to me, and thus. <laughs> I know, like, you don't even know what it's about, and it's yeah. like, wow, this is what this movie was? And, like, even, like, the marketing, and, like, I, like, yeah. found myself looking at, like, the poster for it, and it just looks like a, like a, like a period drum, like, I, you yeah. know, drama. I guarantee like, you they were trying to do White Girl Get Out, I guarantee, yeah. because they wanted to not give away, they wanted to make it cryptic, Yeah, you know? It's it, so, like... Okay, but it just didn't work. It wasn't as smart or clever as Get no, Out. So no. <laughs> so you're comparing it to Get Out and not something like, say, Surrogates or Dark City? Because it kind of feels like those vibes I'm getting to. That might have worked better. You know, okay. like if they had went, went that way, that might have actually worked better. But it, it, it really felt to me like either Olivia Wilde or someone involved really was trying to push the idea as, of this is get out. This is our version of get out. Interesting. It was very heavy handed. It sounds. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But now I have to watch it based off of this, these crazy. Oh yeah. You, you totally should. Me. It's, it's on HBO max. I think people should watch it. It's totally worth seeing. I don't know if everyone will like it, but I, I would say it's worth seeing for sure. Okay. Um, and disregard all the spoilers we gave you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's not I, a simulation. No, I really think the spoilers are what are enticing me to see it. So I Great. think it helps. I, I, actually, yeah, I wonder if the movie would be better that way. I know. You know? Yeah, interesting. Um, I'll quickly mention that I also, uh, I recently watched VHS 99 with our, with our buddies, Joseph and Vanessa Winters, uh, follow-up to Deadstream. I really like the VHS series. They're not like all great, but it's a cool way to find new directors and new actors 
great way to find new people. Like I found a lot of directors I really like through VHS series and um, the Joseph and Vanessa Winters uh, segment was probably the best one, which was cool. I also saw this movie called Fall. Um, I don't know if you guys seen the ads for it. It's about these two girls who want to go on climbing adventures and they climb to the top of a 2000 foot tower in the middle of nowhere and then get trapped on ah, the top so of the tower. Yes. Yes. I've seen the trailers. Uh, it was like, I thought it was really well done. It was, it was directed by this guy. I think his name is Scott Mann. Who's mainly known for like, uh, kind of direct to video action movies. And people, I, I, I've been kept hearing from people like Scott Mann is a really good director. He's just kind of stuck in this direct to video action world and fall is really good. And I saw it and I thought it was a really effective movie. I thought it was really well done. And I was incredibly uncomfortable the entire time, just like they wanted me to be. Far from perfect, but I would say if you want to know what it would be like to be trapped on top of something 2,000 feet in the air, this movie will absolutely give you a good idea of what it would be like. And the the two two primary cast members that were stuck with for the most of the movie were very good. I, I, I can also kind of hear the pitch meeting already. It's like, what if it's like <laughs> open water, but in the sky? <laughs> yeah, and instead of sharks, it's... it's uh, Fucking, Exposure. what are those birds? What are those birds uh, that... Vultures. Vul- vultures. Vultures? Yeah, instead of sharks, it's vultures. There you go. They're not a huge <laughs> part of the movie, but they're there. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure by the time this episode comes out, I will have seen Black Panther 2, but I haven't gotten around to seeing it. And I was thinking of seeing Black Adam, but I don't know if I will. Yeah, Black Adam looks like a really goofy movie. No thank you. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt but what did you just say? It's a goofy movie. No, thank you. My God. Can you say that about other movies? Sure. Uh, Morbius is a goofy movie. No, thank you. Holy shit, and fried chicken from the place I was totally born in. Forgive me for not properly introducing myself. I'm a manager, son. I represent stars like yourself, and I think you should run this podcast. Whoa. Hey, come up! What the fuck? I don't know about that. What? Well, hold on, Sam. Really? I mean, I obviously should. I'm just curious why you think I should. The secret to success is get gracious. Bart Simpson knew it. Fellow All-American Arnold Schwarzenegger knew it. And now you know it. Also, all people really want nowadays is to be able to distinguish movies between goofy and not goofy. And no thank what? you is a perfect phrase, because if people don't like what you say, they'll be thrown off by how polite you are. That makes perfect sense to me. Okay, how soon can we switch this podcast over to me, the superior host? Well, no time like the present. What? Welcome to the GMNTY Movies Podcast with your hosts, Matt Paul and some other guys. Goofy movie, no thank you. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm Matt Paul and with me are Alex and Tim. Uh, hi, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm hi. Alex. And yeah, my- Let's get to the show. This week we watched Ridley Scott's Gladiator. Goofy movie, no thank you. Did we watch anything else this week? Yeah, I watched Prometheus, not a goofy movie, and thank you very much. Well, I mean, was it really I, good? That seems overly I just, simple. I mean, why'd she run in a straight line? Matt, 
the numbers are in, and you're already the host of the most downloaded podcast in the world. Wait, this podcast is finally popular? Yeah, no thanks to you, Alex. This is my victory. Matt, what's with the, like, seemingly limitless candy corn dispenser you had installed in the studio? Dude, I feel like you're eating way too much of this stuff. Like, that can't be healthy. Yeah. I'm not even sure how you managed to get so much candy corn after the Halloween season. I can stop whenever I want, Tim. And it was no big deal. I just used all the money from my ad revenue and sponsorships to buy a candy corn factory and pay them to stay open all year. Although I probably should have saved some money for the medical bills related to what only eating candy corn has done to my health. But hey, I podcast hard, I eat hard. You don't need to stop holding it back. Don't question what Matt needs to do in order to be so good at podcasting that even Alex's mother finally listens to the show. She does? Matt, I gotta say, I'm having serious trouble with us classifying movies as either goofy or not goofy. I, I just think they're way, that's like way too simple. Like, movies are subjective, yeah. and I think we should maybe discuss movies in greater depth. I mean, also, the episodes are, like, only 30 seconds long. That's right. We need to be the TikTok of podcasts. Just ask our producers, the Russo Bros. Okay, more alarmingly, I don't understand why Matt is the cool catchphrase guy. Personally, I think my signature catchphrase is, anyway, uh, and, like are way better. But what about my catchphrase and nickname that Alex always edits out of the episodes? Timmy the Tiger thinks the movie is great! You know what, Matt? Tam, I quit. You can have the stupid podcast. Yeah, dude. I fucking quit, too. This podcast is grating! Stop trying to make it happen, Matt. Good riddance. You don't need them anyways. Now you can really focus on your brand. Speaking of brands, Dwayne Trudgeon just called me and he'd like for you to tell everyone that Black Atom is not a goofy movie. Thank you very much. What? That totally looks like a goofy movie and I haven't even seen it yet. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that you see the fat check that Dwayne will write you if you do what he asks. But wouldn't that be selling out? Just doing what I'm told with no sense of integrity? Who do you think I am? Andy Cohen when he turns Real Housewives reunion episodes into not remotely subtle commercials for Halloween ends? No, but that reminds me. Carol Richards called and she wants you to say she was the only non-goofy part in Halloween ends and that you think Lindsay Wallace should be the new final girl of the Halloween series. I don't know. And to sweeten the deal, she's willing to give you a piece of candy corn that's so big you have to eat it with knife and fork. Fine. Great! I'll give Dwayne and Carol the good news instead of forklift operator to bring in a piece of candy corn. Great. Now I'm all alone in this podcast studio? I guess it is lonely at the top. Can't believe I sold out for money and candy corn. The oldest story in the book. Man, I... I almost miss Tim and Alex. Is this what rock bottom feels like? I guess I should try calling one of them, see if they miss me, or maybe I can at least rub my success in their face to make myself feel better. Wait, their phone is ringing from inside the room? Hey. I didn't realize you were still here. I thought you left. Look, I want to keep my money and success, but apologize enough so that I don't see any negative consequences. 
Hey, what are you doing with that gun? I'm sorry. Really, I don't even want this goofy podcast anymore. No, thank you. (laughs) 